Hello and welcome to another episode of Altitude, where we talk to the founders of future high-flying companies in Latin America. I'm your co-host, Brian Reckworth. And I'm your co-host, Tomas Rogio. Today, our guest is Salvador Ribeiro, co-founder of Levo. Salvador is a self-proclaimed fintech geek. Born and raised in Mexico City, he's trained in political science and finance at Science Po in France. With nine years of experience in the investment industry, he allocated more than 1.5 billion USD in LATAM equity markets. As a third-time founder, he now joined forces with Max Mergenthaler, also third-time founder, to build the high-yield savings account for Mexico. Label started last year, and it's already backed by Latitude, Y Combinator, Magma Partners, and Backbone Ventures. Salvador, great to have you on the Latitude podcast. Welcome to Altitude. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Very excited to be here. Great. Salvador, let's kick it off with quite a simple explanation of what is Level? What is the problem you're looking to solve and how are you looking to solve it? Of course. We, as you said, Level is a, a high-yield savings account for, uh, for Mexico. And the way we do that is we aggregate the savings accounts of our users and then negotiate significantly better interest rates uh, from other banks on their behalf. And we can get up to 6.5% you know, for them up from an average of 2.1%. And uh, that's essentially how we how, how we do that. The problem that we are solving at the moment is uh, the savings problem. You know, there are about 60 million savers um, in Mexico. And actually, like, the proceeds of those savings, you know, they usually tend to go to, to the home and to an emergency fund. And that actually makes people to keep those savings in their, uh, in their checking accounts. And, um, the big problem that we have here in Mexico and the rest of LATAM is that most of those bank accounts are actually not interest bearing. About 97% of them receive no interest whatsoever. And, you know, when you think about it in a region of the world, you know, with structurally high interest rates, then the missed opportunity for those savers is absolutely massive. That's a pretty hefty problem that you're solving. And how did you identify the opportunity in, in LATAM? Well, as, as you said, I was, um, I was an investment professional for, uh, for many years. I was responsible for investing a lot of money, um, in the region, you know, like meeting up with a bunch of the leading public companies and a bunch of the leading investors as well, individual and, and institutional. Obviously, you know, like most of my friends at the time knew what I did and uh, they always asked me for financial advice. Like, what do I do with my money? You know, like, where do I invest it? You know, where, where do I put it to work? You know, like, where, where do I get the best returns for my investments? And, um, but I actually realized, you know, like when talking to, you know, professional and retail investors is that a lot of, or most of the investors in the region are actually low risk, right? So one would think, you know, that the more money you have, you actually become more um, risk tolerant, you know, like, or, or, or your risk appetite grows. But actually, unsurprisingly, you know, in the region um, that is in a region that is accustomed to uh, political turmoil, you know, like when it comes to money, people tend to be actually quite uh, conservative, right? And so in um, in 2018, here in Mexico, we had a, um, a spike in inflation. We ended up uh, with inflation for the year, I think it was close to like 7.5% or so, which was the highest we've, we, we essentially had since, since we joined NAFTA in, in 94. And uh, around the same time, you know, as a response to this, the, um, the, the central bank uh, hiked um, interest rates, the overnight rate to 8.25%. Um, 8, 8.25%. And, um, and that was the highest it had actually been in, a, in a, like in a decade, at least, right? And so uh, right outside of the investments uh, desk where I was working at the, uh, the asset manager, 
they had a desk that they call the pricing desk, which is uh, the desk essentially that prices fixed-term deposits or uh, certificates of deposit for uh, for retail clients, right? And then keep in mind that at the time, as I said, 825% in central bank rates. And then the banks were actually quoting like something like three, like 2.5%, you know, to clients. And, uh, and every morning I would just walk there and be like, Jesus, you know, like this is just terrible. Like how, how is it possible that clients actually accept this, like this quotes, you know, like when the market rate is 825 and you're getting like 2.53%, that's just like, it's just terrible. And I thought that like there has to be a better way. A few months later, I, I came across this concept of, uh, of a CD marketplace. And that's when I was like, okay, this is, this is great. You know, like this is the solution to this problem, you know, to this massive problem. We have uh, structurally higher interest rates. We have very concentrated marking, uh, banking system in Mexico. And my intuition at that point that was that I could actually get better interest rates if I worked with smaller banks. And lo and behold, it actually helped. And that's how Level was born. That's great, Chava. And, and I'd love to, we'd love to see founders coming through our fellowship that bright founders going after really impactful businesses, right? You, you can change the way Mexicans and Latin Americans save money, right? So we love that. So what did you and Max learn from your previous entrepreneurial experiences that helped Lebo be in such a good shape right now? I think, you know, like in the past um, companies that we that we founded, we actually started uh, where we shouldn't have started. We started with, with the solution and not with the problem. We actually like developed a couple of, you know, very interesting, like very high tech solutions for a non-existing problem, essentially. So <laughs> after we had essentially spent, you know, like uh, a bunch of money and a bunch of time just um, building a solution, we realized, you know, that there was actually no problem for that solution that we that we solved. I mean, in the end, we ended up selling that product that we built, but there was actually no problem to solve at that point, right? So in this case, uh, when we started Levo, you know, like we actually took kind of like the, the right way, which is trying to understand, find out if there's a problem, you know, trying to understand the problem and then come up with a solution or a potential solution to, to a big problem, right? And that's actually one of the things that we we did completely different, you know, like, and it reflected upon, first of all, how clients look at what we're building, how investors, you know, are looking at, at us and, and what we're building as well. Because, you know, it's easier to, when you approach kind of like the, um, the problem, you know, with, a, with an open mind, then it's actually easier to build something than doing it the other way around. Yeah, starting with the problem is so critical and... You know, you've got some good traction so far and, and things are, are moving in the right direction. What's been the biggest challenge so far? I guess, you know, like uh, in one of those spaces that is heavily regulated, you know, when it comes to banking and and, fi- and, and fintech. And I think, you know, like um, in this new generation of fintechs, like the most difficult thing to kind of like develop uh, over time and to overcome is probably regulation. Most of ourselves included, obviously, most founders or fintech founders, you know, like they, they tend to have very little uh, regulatory knowledge, you know, or like uh, compliance know-how is how, is how they call it now. And I think as fintech, it's it's one of the most difficult things to uh, to acquire and to build, you know, since the beginning, obviously, because uh, it usually, you usually have to incur in, uh, in in heavy costs, you know, since the beginning, without actually having a product that you can test in the market, you know. So it's one of those things that imposes you uh, uh, like high costs since the beginning, you know. Great, Chala, and, and flipping that coin, what are some of the milestones that you have achieved so far that you can share with us? What's next for Level? Yeah, we well, we actually started working on that uh, regulatory aspect of the business uh, quite early on. 
we already uh, submitted a request for uh, for license to the regulator um, here in Mexico. We did that last uh, last year, so we expect that to get that approval uh, shortly. So that's um, that's massive. We also part now of uh, Y Combinator, and we're very happy, you know, that we that we are. We actually used a bunch of the things that we learned at Latitude to get into Y Combinator, and uh, honestly, like I think we're doing better than we than we, we would have done without Latitude. You know, like uh, from all those little things, you know, like starting at the kind of like the mom test, you know, or like the uh, the two sentence pitch. Like that's something that like it's invaluable, you know, like when it comes to like uh, being able to pitch a company and make sure that people understand. And also we launched a beta of the app uh, a couple of months ago. So in the space of two months, we essentially have been growing our AUM base quite heavily. We have now uh, over $300,000. We've been growing at uh, 29% week over week. And we have a really, really good uh, net dollar retention, which is essentially, you know, like when you activate a client and you want to make sure that they come back and increase the balance in the app. And that number is about 2,000% actually. So there's uh, our clients are very happy using our product, you know, and just pouring money into the app. Phenomenal traction. And it's great to see those early signs that customers are, are appreciating what you've built. And on the regulation front, just to make you feel better on regulation, I had a, a nice chat with David Velas the other day where I interviewed him. And he he described the moment when by presidential decree, there was going to be a change in regulation that was going to invalidate Newbank. And they had the weekend to figure out what to do. And then it got solved and they weren't this, it wasn't this imminent threat anymore. But that's part of the game. And I think uh, Latin America has become more progressive. And I think that we're seeing that there's just more opportunities to make consumer experiences better by allowing technology companies to help solve some of these problems. So that's very promising. Now, what's one piece of advice that you can share with other founders? Oh, that's a, that's a good one. I would say, as you would know, building a, a startup, you know, especially in this region, is extremely hard. So the piece of advice that I would give is you will win if you don't quit. Just being persistent, you know, like it's 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 hard enough as it is, especially in a region like this. I mean, I think that's kind of like basically the re- the reason why you why you guys started Latitude as well. Like it's so freaking difficult to build something in this region, like it's just even harder, right? So if you have the grit and the uh, persistence to keep going and you don't quit, you're definitely going to win. Yeah, it's kind of the Thomas Edison light bulb, you know, 10,000 tries to, to get the light bulb going and uh, eventually there's a breakthrough. And then lastly, just to kind of close out here, what's one word that to you exemplifies entrepreneurship? Uh, resilience. Just continuing on that, uh, on that theme. Yeah, absolutely, man. It, it is a hard, and as we say at Latitude, a hard and lonely journey. So we're, we're really fortunate to have you as part of the community. I look forward to connecting in Mexico City at some point. I know that you've had a handful of people where you've got together in person, small uh, on occasion with people in the Latitude community. And hopefully as things continue to improve, we can have a gathering of more people. And uh, we're really happy to be part of the journey with you, excited for what's to come, and really enthusiastic about the impact that you're making as an entrepreneur, uh, you and Max. So thank you, Salvador, and keep flying high, and vamos Latam. Vamos Latam. Thank you, guys. Muchas gracias. Running the leading startup community in Latin America costs money, but some people are taking notice, so I want to take a minute to thank our early supporters. At Viva Real, we were an early customer of Zendesk. Other companies like Nubank, Loft, RD Station, they all use Zendesk to keep their customers happy. Zendesk for Startups offers Zendesk software for customer service and sales 
for free for six months. To learn more, head to zendesk.com slash startups. Also, we're really happy to inform that Latitude Fellows now have access to a ton of extra exclusive benefits on top of the six months free, thanks to Zendesk's support of our community. Go to latitude.com to learn more about the Latitude Fellowship and apply. I learned the hard way that lo barato sale caro. If I had worked with Gunderson from the beginning, maybe our company wouldn't have had to pay $100 million in unnecessary taxes because of our corporate structure. We're lucky to have their support along with Kerry Olson and Bronstein Zilberberg in developing one of our first products, Latitude Go. We want the process of incorporating companies in Latin America to be 10 times cheaper and twice as fast. If you're starting a venture-backed company, you can check it out at go.latitude.com. I've been banking with Silicon Valley Bank for over a decade as one of their first customers in Latin America. They're committed to the region and have made great introductions over the years. We want to thank them for their support of Latitude. To learn more, visit svb.com.